Hi, my name is Sarah Bentley Pearson, and I am excited to share my podcast, which features wonderful talent that I've been so lucky to discover in the Southeast. This was born out of a list that I created in 2015 called Sarah's List, and through my work in real estate, which I've been doing since 2005, and styling work, and just my personal life and my personal interests, I've been able to meet so many wonderful people, and I'm excited to share them with you. Well, the energy just changed when Bono walked into the room. He is a very high energy, exciting, cool person who actually owns the company that I work for, Ansley Real Estate. And I've been waiting a long time to come up with an angle because I really want my podcast to be a service to people. I don't want it to ever feel like it's a sales pitch. And he has a podcast called Brokering Billions. And I really love it. I find it extremely positive and I love the people he brings to teach agents and teach people who are just interested in business. So have a listen and check out his podcast. So the energy has changed in the room for real, for real. Like, but no, that's, I'm so glad you came. I've been wanting to like find an angle that really felt right for my platform and for you. And I just want to start out by saying I really do love your podcast. Well, I'm fired up to be here at the headquarters of Ansley Real Estate in the conference room. This is amazing. I know. Um, thank you. So I'm 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 psyched to be here and I uh, can't wait to dive in. Okay. Well, good. Yeah. So, you know, um, I have like more of the softer side and started my podcast based on my list and introducing people to all the talent in the Southeast. And that is really my angle. Um, because it feels true to me. And, but when I listen to your podcast, I feel like this is such like a giving service that you're doing for people. What, what made you like decide you really wanted to write the book and do that? You know, it, I, it goes back to a dinner I had a couple years ago at Bones restaurant and I'm sitting there with my family and we're having a great meal and, um, I'm on my, you know, third or fourth bite of my beautiful filet and I choke. I choke on a piece of steak. And I get up and try to wash it down. And the water comes right back up. And I do the universal signal of, hey, I'm choking. And the whole room stops. I'm upstairs. And it's the quietest it's ever been. And I start getting the Heimlich maneuver. And it doesn't work. Oh, my God. And I lose consciousness. And I'm then on the floor. And my wife tells me that... Uh, Luckily, there was a nurse there observing what's going on, and they get me back upright, and she tells um, the waiter, you know, uh, how to do the Heimlich again and to do it lower, and all of a sudden, they do it correctly, and the lodged steak comes out, and I come to my senses, and I'm like, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write a podcast. Uh, it didn't really happen like that, but I woke up the next day and got like, God, that could have been my last dinner with my family. And, you know, I'm going to be recognized as somebody that sold a lot of houses, you know, and that didn't sit really well with mm. me. And well, you did more, you would, you would be known for more than that. Ah, well, thank yeah, you. Thank no. you. But I mean, you know, I, I had a great business and I've never really been able to share, you know, some things that really motivate me and fuel me. And, 
you know, one of my big things is, is like, how do you turn your perceived liabilities into your greatest assets? And that was kind of my mantra in this book and in my podcast, because nobody's perfect, right? And nobody, some people might think they're perfect, but everybody's dealing with something. You know, you're born on the wrong side of the tracks. You're too tall. You're too short. You're too fat. You're too skinny. Everybody's got something that they're kind of dealing with. And you know, for the first 20 years of my life, I was dealing with somebody that wasn't a great student, right? Somebody that didn't fit in this perceived box that they try to put all the students in. But I just wanted to kind of put out there that, hey, if you're not fitting in that box, there's still a way to have a great life and be successful. You just got to find your you. And I then started to embrace, you know, being ADHD and figured out that that's a superpower. You know, you're able to do a lot of different things. And if you're able to channel that the right way and then maybe use this dyslexia, that's been a word that's been negative for your whole life and been able to kind of change that around and use the way that your brain works backwards for positive things and being able to do things differently, see the world differently, see business differently, creating your own path. I said, look, I've, I've got some superpowers that everybody thought was this bad, bad things. And that's why I've been able to sell more houses than the average agent or be able to um, run multiple different businesses and that kind of thing. And kind of waking up and maybe having that near death experience kind of brought me to that, you know, um, realization of, hey, you know, I've got a pretty good story to tell. Yeah. And then being able to interview agents because I get a lot of calls, I get a lot of meeting request on, Hey man, you know, I'm getting into real estate. You know, how did you do it? You know, how'd this guy do it? So by putting it out there and being able to interview and have discussions with other agents across the world that are doing big things and selling a lot of real estate and doing it their way, I just believe that it was really impactful to get that out there. And I've had a bunch of fun doing it. I have met so many people out there um, in different cities and everything else, and it's been really fun to do. So I've, I've enjoyed doing it. Well, you know, one thing that comes off about you is that you're very likable. You're very, um, you, you just have this energy that comes off when one meets you. And I love the fact, you know, you talk about being dyslexic. I am probably a little bit, but ADHD for sure. And you know, sometimes it's exhausting. Lots of agents yeah, are, we're by the way. Of a million things. And it has benefited me. And, I, you know, I decided to do this in the shower after I got married for the second time because it was sort of a like a what's next or what I love podcasts and I love meeting interesting people. For me, that's like a gift. It's not a monetary thing, it's, it's a gift. And I listened to the podcast with, um, did you ever watch Entourage? Yeah. So yeah. Ari, who's the main guy the, who it's based on, I listened to a podcast with the real Ari and he's dyslexic. And, you know, I think people like us with our deficiencies in school can feel less than, which creates a little grit or it creates a little push in you. And I feel like when I'm reading about your story and I've gotten to know you over the years, you've never really been ashamed of that. And it, having a, a child who has ADHD too, and you're in a environment at a nice private school and they're kind of like making you scared it's and hard you to thrive medicate that kid it, well he is medicated but I, you know <laughs> you sit there and you're like in this environment with people who are um 
you know, intellectuals and they kind of make you feel less than. And I'm like, you know what? I know the real world and I know who's really successful in the real world. And it isn't academia always. Oh, it, it's it's not. And, yeah. and and I was kidding about the medication because, you know, my, my kids, you know, just let them be who they are. You know what I mean? And I'm not going to try to temper them down or anything else, you know, and, 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 and let so them. So are your kids um, ADHD at all? Oh, yeah. And so you don't medicate them? No. But where do you put them in school? Because they, like, want to shove you out if yeah, you don't you, do I, it. Yeah, just... <laughs> And I went to a bunch of different schools because of that. And right. so, so do my kids. And, and mm-hmm. I got one kid that um, thrived, uh, you know, at Woodward. Uh, and, um, you know, she found horses and, and, and everything else. And she, you know, it's good to find a passion. My other kid plays tennis mm-hmm. and does his learning now um, at a school that's, he goes to school from 830 to 1230 and, and learns outside of school a lot with mm-hmm. different projects they give him and everything else. He's not really that dyslexic or ADHD, but he's able to learn, on you know, the way that he wants to. And um, really, really smart kid, you know, and he's totally focused on tennis right now. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're giving him all the, you know, um, everything he wants to do re- related to tennis. Um. So another thing I like about you is that you seem to be somebody who is constantly interested in improving yourself. Um, yeah. You talked about once your agenda and how you did it, and that did wouldn't work for me. And, you know, I tried it, and then I forget it in the, bu- in the car, and I don't have it, so I have my own system. But I'm curious to hear from you about um, – because I do want to get more into your podcast, but, you know, what what things you've done – that have really shaped you not only as a businessman, which I'm interested in that, but I'm also more interested in you as a person and how, what work you've done to improve yourself over the years. My partner in Christie's International Real Estate's a guy named Thad Wong, and Thad and I have had some great discussions. and And he said, "Look, if it's not broke, break it, right?" So I, and I've been doing that for a long time. You know, when I got into real estate selling real estate in 2009, I was able to double my business every single year. And I did that because then when a year ended, all real estate agents started zero. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And if I'm going to do the same volume as I did last year, I'm not going to change anything. But if I'm going to double my business, I got to change everything. So I looked at every year as a new starting point to completely change everything that I did the year before change systems, change mailers, change the way that I solicit, change everything. And um, by doing that, you know, I've been able to ratchet up and ratchet up and ratchet up and and have some pretty big numbers Mm -hmm. relative to how many houses I sell a year because I change everything every year. Do the same thing here at our company, Ansley Real Estate, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, we've grown from my team in 2015 to over 410 agents in eight years. I know. Because I came to you in 2016 in that little building, and I was like, there are no computers. I got a little panic. I was like, did I do the right thing? But it just felt right, and you were cool in accepting that I was like, not like a Keller Williams type agent, you know, I was still trying to figure out who I want to be. So every year we get better and better and better. I mean, and it goes back to like a football coach, right? They might like Kirby smart. He might win a national championship one year. The next year he starts with his first game and he's zero and zero. Right. So, and, and he might, and he has lost players to the NFL, players to the transfer portal. Some of his coaches left and got recruited because he's done such a good job. 
So he's got to constantly change and constantly better and, and, and get better with his systems and change everything for the next year to continue to be a winner, right? And that's the way we think about it as, you know, executives at, at Ansley. And that's how I think about it as just being a good old real estate agent. But where did you get that competitive nature? Because I actually don't have that. And, you know, I want to do a good job for me. But like when I see up there, when somebody does, I'm not striving for, I don't, that's like a thing. Like, by the way, the best. I've seen your numbers this year and yeah, you are doing really, better, really good. And I have a partner and I'm growing more because I want that more now. But really my focus has been my child and my family. And I've got, I'm like that softer side of things. So I'm yeah. always fascinated with that. I want to win. Well, I am highly competitive. Yeah, you I are. I mean, like highly, highly and competitive. Where'd you get that? I mean, I I played sports, uh, you know, growing up, and um, you know, even playing ping pong, or if somebody challenges me to swim across the pool, I mean, I'm gonna win. Like, I'm gonna do. You do get it. mad if somebody beats you. Yeah, furious. Yeah. Yeah. See, and, I don't and, have that. And, I and, wish I should. In anything, I mean, I'll sit at a stoplight, and some guy looks at me funny, and I'll goose it. I mean, uh, like I I I I. What I, sign are you? Sign. Yeah, like your birth sign. Like, are you Aries, Scorpio? Is that what? What's your uh, July. July what? Second. I think you're a Cancer. Okay. Like I've sign. never. I don't know about the you sign stuff. No, I don't know about, no, don't oh, know okay. about the sign stuff. Okay. But I. But I. But 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 I am. I mean, whatever it is, if I'm a Cancer, maybe they're highly competitive. Yeah. I mean. my, well, my son's a Cancer, and I, I I love them. So I want to talk about your partner because I listened. I've I've listened to three or four or five of your podcasts and always really liked them. Um, I liked the one with Dina Golden a lot in Miami. She's a very impressive woman. Um, she takes no prisoners. She takes no prisoners. She is, um, I loved how she said if somebody, or one of you said, oh, what would you tell somebody at lunch? And she goes, I don't go to lunch. She has no balance. <laughs> I mean, talk about competitive. All yeah. she wants to do is sell houses. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm more of like, I want to be in shape. I want to be a good mom. I want to be a good spouse. So like, you know, I, I have a lot of areas where I want to improve and I'm always impressed with you like competitive people who want to be the very, very best. But I loved the episode with Chris Tuff where you challenged him to be a realtor. Did he do it? Chris Tuff has not taken the real estate exam or if he has, he has failed because he has not, he has not joined the company yet. <laughs> yes. Chris has a lot of things um, that he's working on and he's a, um, a master uh, magnifier. What I mean by that is he can amplify what anybody's doing, which is a really cool trait. And it's, I met him at a YPO meeting and he's written two bestseller books and I just got along with him. I thought he was cool. He had tattoos. Yeah, and, you guys you know, are really different. Totally I mean, I different. His, I looked yeah. up his picture and everything. Yeah, and and it, it's cool, you know, having a, a sidekick like that that's just a complete different dude. And, um, you know, he has not been a real estate agent yet. I did challenge him. He did not really accept the challenge. It was good for podcasting. But, um, you know, he... he, he he, he's got something where I think that he just makes big impacts. If somebody's already doing something, he can amplify it. He's a good amplifier. Um, he's a great guy. And I've had a lot of fun doing the podcast with well, him. I, I think you guys are a nice balance, but did you seek him out to do this? Was this like, Oh, I want to have a partner or is it something that you just kind of decided together? It just kind of happened. Mm -hmm. It just kind of happened. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm really like love the platform of podcasts because you can really ask questions. You can throw in a cuss word if you want. You, it just is more like a real conversation. But I think that um, I think you're offering a real service. I also listen to Brian Buffini's, and I feel like 
you know, I feel like yours is as good, if not better. Like, well, thanks. We're going to start a season uh, two uh, sometime this fall, mm-hmm. right? I just moved my daughter into college at TCU last weekend, and we just moved houses, um, you know, moved from a house that we were in there for 16, yeah, 17 years. <laughs> well, we, we, we love it. We got some stuff to do to it and some plans for it and everything else. But um, we had a lot going on this summer. So now I'm, I'm back engaged and want to get that podcast back uh, back in the swing of things. And we learned a lot during our first kind of first season. And um, I think this second season, we're going to knock it out of the park. Yeah, no, I think it's good. Um, do you um, like we were talking a little bit about personal growth and things like that. And I'm reading right now, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, which is an old book, but I went to a funeral and it kind of made me want to tighten things up with myself and really be intentional about my life and where I want to be. But I'm also doing this book, Project 369, which is about manifesting. Do you and your wife do things like that together? Do we do we read together and that kind of thing? Yeah, I think so. I think that um, in in any successful marriage, and we've been married for twenty two years, um, we were college sweethearts before that. Um, you know, I think that our goals are aligned, and I think that the way that we kind of run our family with the kids and the travel and the dogs and the chickens and the ducks and the horses and everything that we do, you know, we're in sync. And it's uh, really good to be in sync because she knows what I'm going to say and what I'm going to do. And I know what she's going to say or what she wants me to do. So, uh, yeah, we, 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 you know, take walks every day and we're, we're, we're speaking the same language. Oh, that, that's really nice, actually, to have a partner that you've known for a long time. I mean, from somebody who got divorced and got back out there, you know, it's not easy to find somebody that, you know, you really sync with. But then, you know, when you're older, trying to, your pasts are different, where you come from. There's so many avenues to it. Now, I really believe, like, you know, going back to our kids and everything, and there's so much focus on the school and the numbers and da da But this is a very important decision, who you put your life with. Oh, it is. But but then again, it's it's work, too. I mean, you have to, you know put the time in to say we're going on a date every Thursday night or, do you or do that? Oh yeah, we've done it forever. I mean, okay. you know, and um, you know, we're 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 together all the time. And and it it takes that, you know, commitment. That's a you know, a word that everybody uses. But, you know, when you're married that long and want to be married, you know, for the rest of your life, I mean you're you're you you know, in sync is the right is the right thing. Yeah, today, you know, with all these distractions and everything coming at you. And we're very individualistic society. So we think about, well, I want this and they don't want that. And it's, it's very, it's very, very hard. But, um, one of the things that I think is really great about you, and I'd like to kind of wind down with this. Um, one of the things that I've liked so much about being with Ansley, I mean, I met you at an open house and you were building the business and, you know, I was still in a place I mostly moved to Ansley because I think I had been at Sotheby's for nine or 10 years. And I was with a friend kind of under her, but we weren't really building anything. And I was on my own and I wanted a change. But one of the things I think is so impressive about you is the people you chose to put in building Ansley. You know, I, I it's meant a lot to me to have that support and these real tastemakers. 
and it hasn't felt corporate, even though we're big, like big. We're now. big. We're big. Yeah. You know, I've got a different management style because I couldn't be managed with task, right? And um, I manage with with responsibilities, you know. And take Julie Harris for example. Um, you know, when I sat down with her back in, let's see, when I started in two thousand nine. My first year in the business, my first day in the business, I went into her. She was running the the marketing for the Buckhead office of another company. And I said, look, I, you know, I'm going to be the top agent this year in Atlanta. She's like, what? You just got here. You, you never sold anything. I said, I know. I need your help. And she didn't blat, you know, blink an eye. And she started helping me. And uh, we put together a plan. So she was my first hire, right, when I started Ansley. And um, I never said, hey. Show me your 10 things you're going to do this week. Or, hey, you need to start here. I said, look, you're in charge of marketing. My big thing is I want to be the number one marketing company, you know, in the state of Georgia. I want our marketing to be the best, the boldest, the biggest. And you're in charge with that. And I'm not going to ask you how you're going to get there. And, um, and, and, and that's it. And, and, and not putting guard ra- guardrails around somebody, I think it's been very satisfying for her to let her do her thing. And I don't question anything. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, because she's, that's her lane. Yeah, right. And she does a great job and she's been able to really do what she wants to do. And she's grown infinitely being um, in that role. Um, and uh, I'm really proud of what she's done. And now she helps uh, us with the Christie's stuff, right. um, as well as running all the stuff we do here at Ansley. And same with like Elaine McCormack. I mean, you know, I know when I've grown out of my role as CEO, you know, and I brought her in uh, from managing broker to CEO right? Um, to handle all the ins and outs of what we do day in and day out. Because I know I'm not into that, right? I just wanted to run. I wanted to run great. And if I put the right people in place to do their job and their responsibility, things get done appropriately. And that's been a really cool thing. And that's why we don't feel corporate. Right. Yeah, no, because that was one of the things that I didn't like about Sotheby's because I loved my broker, Nancy C., who was wonderful, and I loved the people I worked with, but it didn't really quite feel like me. I felt like I was, like, just, you know, needed to wear a name tag, and I'm like, that's just not me, and that that's not going to come off, you know, like, I love the way you do business, but it's not me. Like, I have to be me. And if right. I'm not me, it's not going to be authentic. And if, Isn't that the I'm great salesy, thing about real estate? Yeah, you can be whoever yeah. you are. And there's so many agents in our office. We all do it so differently. That's that's what's great about it. Yeah. You know, and you can brand the way that, um, that, that you want to be portrayed. Mm-hmm. And that's the individualness uh, of, of our business. And that's why agents probably wouldn't do well in a corporate environment. And that's why so many agents have the brain like me and like you that are out there and, you know, ADHD and whatever else they are. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a great place to, uh, to thrive if you, if you don't fit in a box or want to fit in that box. Yeah. And I think it can be, you know, um, we just, um, hired two assistants to be on our team that are licensed agents. And one of them, uh, you know, was working for California closets and, reached out to me about a year and a half ago, but I said, you know, I gave her some tips on where to go and I wanted her to get her feet wet. But I love how, you know, it's really about people. It sounds like in you trusting your instincts. You seem like somebody who very much trusts trusts your instincts and goes on that. And that's why it works for you. You got to make a lot of decisions. Uh, you got to hire quickly. You got to fire quickly. You, 
got to make the decision to rent space. You got to make the decision to do so many different things. And, um, you know, a lot of that's gut and instinct. Um, and we've been fortunate, you know, I mean, I, I also say, you know, I'm smart enough to really know how dumb I am. Right. So I don't get in the way of things where I'm not an expert in and I hire experts for all those decisions. Yeah. That's been very inspiring for me too. You know, now that my son is older, I feel like I don't have to pick him up from school as much now. And now I can kind of pull back and focus more on me. And and it has been very empowering to trust you when you say hire people to do the things you're not good at because it really bogs you down. And then you feel like, oh, I suck. You know, I'm just not good at this and blah, blah, blah. Um, well, one other thing I, I would love for you just to discuss, like, as as just the real estate, because you are, you know, Fano Ansley, and you, you've been, when I listened to you, you started out at Palmetto Bluff, where, um, which is Oberish. Is it still Oberish? I don't know. It's the montage now. Oh, it's the montage now. But I went there years and years ago when it was Oberish because I have a place in Cabo that's them, and it was a beautiful place, and I thought that was cool that you started there. But do you have any advice just for young agents or young entrepreneurs about things that they should do that would get them in a position where they can really be independent doing what we do. Yeah. Um, a lot of people say, you know, follow your passion. That can only get you so far, you know, and um, passion's great, but you got to be an expert in it and you got to put the time in it and you got to be, um, you know, outwork everybody those first couple of years and get great advice and have great mentors or work for somebody that is doing it the right way. Um but passion only gets you so far, you know, and um, I always have said your passion needs to marry with your skill set, right? And if your skill set aligns with your passion, I think that you're destined to succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've got to go all in, all into that. And, and you can't follow, um, you can't, you know, follow the way that everybody else is doing everything because uh, then you've got to you know, be Le- LeBron James or something like take a basketball reference, right? I mean, he's at the top of the basketball chain, but everybody plays basketball. It's hard to be at the top. But if you follow something that you're um, that you like and and your skill set matches, I think that's that's the best way to do it. Yeah, and I take think, risk. Did have you watched Johnny Football? Yeah, the so, the documentary yes, with Johnny Manziel. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Was actually very troubling for me. I felt see. so sad I felt for like him. I, it is a 20 year old when you're not able to have that money and that fame and everything that came with that winning the Heisman trophy as a freshman. Like, I just think his surroundings and his environment was toxic and he didn't have good guardrails around what he could have been. And I feel sorry for the kid because at 20 years old, it's, it's, it's impossible to, to take that and, 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 and do that the right way. I just felt so troubled for him. That's what I said. What made me think about it is like you're talking about pow, um, passion and talent and all these things, but there's so many other aspects to being a successful person, you know, is by doing the right thing and making good choices. Because no matter how talented you are, like he was clearly like football was just easy for him. And he had yeah. like this weird talent of thinking. never watched film. Yeah. Like he was just that good, but he destroyed himself. Yeah, and it was it was so it was very interesting about human nature and what makes somebody successful. And you know, I I've always really admired men in particular. Um, Mo, who's been on my podcast too, like I loved how he really put his family forefront on 
on his website and made good choices. And therefore, that rewards you in life when you make good, honest choices. And you're somebody that is can be trusted. Right. So yeah, I think there's so many aspects to success. And from having a 16-year-old boy, you know, if you haven't gotten it in before this age and they're 20, you're, it, you it's, can't, over. it's done. Yet they don't want to hear a thing you have to say. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, well, um, I feel so privileged that you're on here and I feel a bit embarrassed that it took so long, but I kept thinking like, how, uh, what did I want to hear about you? And, and the, that would make it interesting for the listeners other than you being like the top Atlanta agent. And I think your podcast is excellent. And I think it doesn't just apply to real estate. I mean, a lot of the people in our firm, I'm not going to say their names, but they could sell widgets. They, you know, some people are just really good with their systems and how they sell and how they handle their clients. Um, but this in particular, <coughs> excuse me, I just, I found very interesting. So well, I'm glad you. I'm glad you you like brokering billions, and um, you know it's it's been a lot of fun, and uh, your podcast is fantastic, and I'm so privileged to be on it. Oh well, thank you for saying that. So I'm super psyched about my sponsor for the podcast. She's a great friend of mine and also a previous guest. Her name is Lisa Stein. Her work is stunning. We all layer it and wear it all the time. It's great jewelry to wear day to night. I barely go a day without it, and I think you would too once you start collecting it. She's been so nice to give all of my listeners a discount. When you go to LASTein.com, you put in Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, 15, and you will get a discount. Just put in.